This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. My name is RJ. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're being tricked into marrying prostitutes again as we watch again. Spine 183 in the Criterion Collection, Robert Brasson's La Dame du Bout de Ballon. Ooh, can you say that again? The Ladies of the Park from oh. 1945. Okay. But first, RJ. Yes? How are you doing this rainy day? I ain't worth a shit, Jarrett. No, I'm okay. You're fine? Yeah, I'm doing quite well. Great. How are you doing, Jarrett? I'm stewing spectacular. You're stewing spectacular? Stewing. I'm stewing in it. What are you stewing over there, man? Uh, what do I have a, had a casserole, like a stir fry casserole. Does that make sense? Is that a thing? No, that doesn't make sense at all. Did you make stir fry and then bake it? No, it's like cabbage and you take some leftover cabbage and you get some ground beef and then, uh, get some rice to it. Some, some tomatoey stuff. It's like a, it's like without the, the fanciness of the cabbage roll. It sounds super made up. It's like a casserole, right? That's the You're thing. talking about a deconstructed cabbage roll? Yeah. Did you put it's, any vinegar in it's it? It's very postmodern. Did you put any vinegar in it? Mm, no. Hit it with some vinegar well, later. Maybe they're, mm, yeah. Well, they're what like about Ch- paprika? Well, we were using cabbage that Chanel prepared uh, a couple nights ago, and I have no idea what went into that process. But it turned out okay. What do you What do you mean she pre- prepared the cabbage? She took a cabbage like head. She she, and she chopped it up. The fuck, and she talked chopped the fuck out of it. And then she's like, like, "Listen here, fuck." No, she just like fried some cabbage up, and so she had this huge thing of cabbage left over, and uh, it got repurposed into what? To the casserole. Thing I'm, to the thing I'm telling you about. What else did you put in there other than uh, beef and rice? That's about what, what else would you put in there? I don't know vegetables. Um, that's the cabbage. Just cabbage? And to- tomato sauce? Is that still a mm. vegetable? See, I, I try to pull that all the time. I am <laughs> routinely told that things aren't uh, vegetables, where uh, it's like, you know, things like, things that very clearly are potatoes, beans, <laughs> corn. Uh, but apparently those are carbs, Jarrett. Carbohydrates. Which, what? I mean, they're, st- they're still so vegetables. What are, what are vegetables? But they're, hot, they're, they're hot, heavier carbs than they are other things. So what are they? What are vegetables then? I don't know, like leafy greens, that kind of bullshit. See, that's what they're called. Those are leafy greens. What, cabbage? Hey, did you know coleslaw actually like burns calories when you eat it? Or some, some well, weird shit? When you don't like sauce it up, probably. Well, I mean, what are you putting on coleslaw? Like a ton of mayo? Uh, well, I usually eat pre-prepared. Uh, yeah, mine, my, I don't, my, I've never made it actually. But that... Is it already sauced up, or do you get like yeah, the bacon coleslaw that you add your own sauce? Like it has, no, has a sauce I'm, packet. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like KFC and like restaurant. Mm. Yeah. Are you a big coleslaw guy? If you had coleslaw or potato salad, what would you pick? 
depends. Depends on how it looked. Show me potato salad all day, every day, baby. You sound like a real boomer there, RJ. Uh, well, I'm a big potato salad guy, but... Potato salad? Coleslaw on pulled pork is pretty good. But you ever put potato salad on pulled pork? That's also pretty good. Ugh. Hey, sometimes I put potato salad on, on sandwiches I that I make. I don't mind if it like, kind of cross-contaminates on the plate, but... One time I made a bun, like a turkey bun, and I, I just put a whole scoop of potato salad right on t- in the bun. That's that's a decision you made. That's, Do you that, think I'm going to live that, a long that, time? That, that, that's a carbohydrate sandwich, I think. Do you think I'm going to be healthy when I'm older? No. I went for a run once. Yeah. One time, I went for, well, one time I went for a run, and then I saw all my family, and they're like, you're looking really fit today, like really thin. And I was like, yeah, I know. I went for a run once. Once. So that water weight, Jared. Hmm. I'm, 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 I apparently I'm rotting from the inside. <laughs> yep. And sometimes Andrew's like, "Man, you smell bad." It's like you smell like this, and I'll be like, "I haven't had that in like two weeks." You smell she's like, like death. It, yeah, it's like my insides are just decaying. Wow. Remember a uh, Ghost Rider two when that like dubbing all the like the blights and he's like you are spirit of vengeance yeah yeah that good movie and he's like you're decay and then the guy turns into like mush it's pretty good that's a good show Hmm. so so do anything this week who me yeah i don't know did i Jarrett? i'm I'm just putting the ball in your court Mm mm-hmm I mean, this is just radio silence for the fans out there. I've got emails, RJ. Oh, well, I mean, it, do you want to talk about that? What? I can bring about it up su- about SummerSlam? About SummerSlam? Uh, I mean, that's like the only could, thing I, I think that happened on Summer the weekend. Slam. Yeah. <laughs> I got married. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I heard. I, I mean, I wouldn't know, actually. I mean, I saw it on Facebook. Well, Jared, I don't know if you know this, but we didn't have like uh, a wedding where we invited guests. Oh, right. The the, the, the very uh, millennial. Well, I mean, is it millennial to save money? Yes, because then, you yeah. can't because you can't find work to like pay bills to get your life started. That's very uh, 2019. That is very 2019. And yeah, it's your, and it's your fault. Probably, yeah. but I mean, I have two and a half degrees right now, and mm-hmm. I mean, people should be banging on my door to come work for them, like KFC and Taco Bell and those types of places. Instead, they're just banging. They're just banging, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, you saw it on the internet. You you heard what happened. I saw a, two photos. Well, we got actual photography, but oh. uh, it's not done yet. Well, a friend of a friend, you Yeah. So, uh... Angeline, the vampire queen, yep. you know, from uh, Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Or is that Marceline? That's Marceline. It's close enough, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a lady taking pictures, so I'll send you a picture once it's done. Cool. You want to try my ring on, see if uh, you like the feel? <laughs> What's well, not a? It's not like a ring for downstairs, Jared. No, it's, it's not like you wear it on your hand. <laughs> Did you happen to see the uh, photo circulating uh, in our neck of the woods of the, uh, it's like, it's not just needles being abandoned. And it's like this dumpster behind somebody's like business and there's a flashlight. 
Oh, really? I did not. Is that a real thing? Well, who knows? I mean, it's hilarious no matter what. Because <laughs> it's somebody it's not... like took a flashlight and just took a photo of it in the back alley. Or it's some fucking somebody, uh, some bum who's like, yeah, I saved up. But then I forgot it. Because I realized I can't it... wash this. Was it you, Jerry? Did you did you guys have a dance? You guys, we did have a dance. Yeah. What, what did you dance to? Uh. Well. Okay. So I know people out there who are fans of John Krasinski are gonna think we copied that hit movie A Quiet Place, but we didn't. This has been our song for many years before it even that movie was a thing. Uh, it was Neil Young's Harvest Moon. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with that song? I'm very familiar with the music video. It's a music video, like you should check it out. It's uh, I don't want to. It's real. Uh, it might change your opinion about the song, maybe. We, it's we pretty, made our own music it's pretty, video. It's pretty dorky, but uh, it's a uh, it's a good song. We made our own music video to that song. Oh, it's just us eating potato salad. There you go. Like with yeah. with Neil Young. No, he wasn't available. Hmm. I mean, we contacted him. But he, I don't know, someone said that he, he was like, don't call us again. Stay back a hundred yards. I don't know. Some, I wasn't really listening. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that happened. So has your life changed? Not, nope. Nope. Nothing's changed. Good. Yep. I uh, should, yeah, should I mention, uh, to the fans out there that, uh, last week you were, um, you were kind of ecstatic about the fact that you were hoping we would get divorced within a year. Did I talk about that on the show? No, it was off air. Oh yeah. It was off air, Ex- but uh, it Ex- happened. Ecstatic. Yeah. He had this like little, little a cherry plum in his uh, cheek. He was smiling and he was just like, he's like, Ooh, baby. He's like, I can't wait for your whole life to crumble. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's starting. So nice. I guess you were right about that. The cracks are already showing. The cracks are showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we're doing good. Nothing's changed. We keep it real. Nice. We're watching Gilmore Girls right now. That's oh, cool. there you go. Yeah. Hey, Jared, it's our second watch through. Oh, boy. I say R. Uh, I, I casually had it on in the background. Or, well, she had it on and I was doing other things. So, is that uh, married life? We got emails, RJ. Oh, okay. Any females? <laughs> nope. Can I still say that? Sam Sanchez. Oh, baby. Hey again. Ooh. Just in response to a couple things. First, a couple weeks ago, Jared asked how our spouses feel about her viewing habits. Mm-hmm. Similar to our close friend, Justin Peterson, my wife also works as an overnight nurse. So at least Ooh. five nights a week, my night mostly consists of putting the kids to sleep I hear you read that. I imagine someone putting a sleeper on a kid, like a wrestling move. Oh, what? A sleeper, oh. That's the sleeper. And then, because like yeah. you're like, I want to watch movies, you fucking kids. And then they, they put... Wow. <laughs> I, I know what kind of... I, I see your aversion to marriage now, because I know what kind of parent you would be if you ever had kids. You just fucking choking out little kids. Go to yeah. bed. Go to bed. Go to, Shut up. Shh, 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 go to sleep. Go to sleep. And then, from that point... Until I decide to actually go to sleep, I have free time, which usually is just watching a few movies before finally going to bed. She's not nice. really into movies herself outside of just standard popular chick flick type movies. So Ooh, she Andy. very rarely watches or wants to watch a movie with me anyway. She'll occasionally hmm. walk in while I'm watching something, enjoy it, but still refuse to watch other stuff I feel she might like. I'm sure he's referencing his uh, deep cuts in his Vinegar Syndrome collection. Possibly. It's like... 
Yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? That's interesting that uh, it seems like the key to this is like having a, a nurse in your life. That yeah. Pay, it's uh, that pays the bills, you know. People should email in and let us know what else their spouses do for jobs, what they do for their employment, mm-hmm. uh, and then also how much they're willing to put into uh, our livelihood. Yeah. I guess. Just send us your, like, a pay stub um, and your banking information. Please. Yeah, all that. In response yep. to Frank's goat question over the past weeks, mm. was that Frank or Justin? was that Justin? I mean, they've both been asking these similar style yeah, questions. Yeah. Uh, for Westerns, I'd have to rewatch all three of these, but it's likely between the good, the bad, and the ugly. For a few mm-hmm. dollars more, Mm. Both boring picks, sorry, RJ, or Rio Bravo. Though it's been a while since I've seen all three, especially the two Leone movies. This is uh, true for me as well. It's been a very long time since I watched them. I used to uh, love those. As the kids like to say now, st- I was a real stan for those movies. Remember, you know, stan, stan, just like Eminem, stan, being a big stan. I no, like, kids I, aren't saying that. No, they are. Or at least no. uh, men men on Twitter are, because I hate it. Yeah. I hate it so bad, Maybe RJ. men on Twitter. Yeah, they say it. I mean, like, I never said that. Yeah, I, I know. I, I had to look it up, because I saw someone I saying, never heard any kids say that. They do. And I and I, and I had to look this up. And I was like, mm. what, what do you mean, Stan? And I looked it up and went, oh, it's like fan, but Eminem. Oh. Well, don't you know that music video, Jared? It's got that hit guy I from- uh, I saw it. Final Destination. Wow. I, I think I, I, Devin I, Sawa. After, because of it, I actually because I had to actually watch the music video, and then I yeah. uh, was like, "Oh yeah." Right. Do you know Devin Sawa? No. <laughs> for oh. the for film noir, I think I'd have uh-huh. to go with Pick Up on South Street. Has slowly crept up my list over the years, and I think I'd safely say it might be my number one. That breezy hmm. eighty-minute runtime doesn't hurt. Other close ones for me would be The Big Heat, Asphalt Jungle, Ace in the Hole, or The Killing. Look at all that criterion representation it's almost like he's into this kind of thing mm-hmm. i don't know why anyone's interested in criterion to be honest i don't like it very much lastly you guys oh. have probably addressed but would other pod what but what other podcast do you listen to i know RJ, i know rj says he only hate listens to one which i believe to be shockwaves but wow. what others do you actually listen to on a regular basis? I guess it's, this is mostly for Jarrett, film-related or otherwise. I mainly listen to film-related, though I listen to a couple video game ones and a couple baseball ones that I'm sure Jarrett would love. Until next time. Hmm. Well, it's nice to hear from Sam Sanchez. I'm just going to address this up front. Have we ever given away clues to what uh, yes. the My Hate podcast? Well, I mean, we've probably said it was a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> podcast but other than that do you think he just called he just pulled that cold because that's a pretty good that's i think I, I mean i don't want to say whether or not that's accurate but i mean that's a good guess <laughs> there's i think there's been allusions okay well yeah i definitely hate listening to that podcast but yeah. uh I, there's like there's a couple i listen to sometimes Jer. i listen to goose buds you know dom muschietti mm-hmm. You know that uh, Mega sixty four that's been brought up sometimes. I don't listen to that always, but here and there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Segura sometimes. If I'm if I'm hurt for something, maybe Bill Burr. You know, Jared. Just white men. <laughs> I know. I know someone was gonna say that. It's not well. It's not intentional. 
but uh, I don't know. I used to listen to some of the ones you listen to, but then I got upset with their opinions. Probably like a lot of people who've tried our podcast. Yeah. We've gotten upset with our opinions, mm-hmm. but instead of leaving nasty reviews, I just chose not to listen to it anymore. Yeah, what have I, what have I listened to of late? Hmm. For film, I still like listening to Junk Food Dinner. I still uh, checked those guys out. Uh, mm-hmm. We pretty well got the their entire format of their show was ours. Stolen, it was stolen full on. Yep. Uh, I like uh, the other one I used to listen to, but I haven't listened to for like over a year. Is Travis Bickle on the Riviera? Mm-hmm. I, the, the yeah, well, I'm not gonna, one I'm not, of the hosts was questionable. The, well, it, it, yeah, it's kind of like it gets old. Uh, and yes, the shock waves. Though I've uh, I'm falling behind the. There's so many live episodes, live panel episodes you can just delete. Yep. That was because it's such horseshit. And uh, for other things, uh, to go along with Sam's uh, sports, I uh, listen to fake sports podcasts. One's about the uh, programs. So, you know, I listen to that Dave Meltzer talking about wrestling. And Wrestling's not sports, Jared. That's so why I said fake sports. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sport- well, I mean, it's it's athleticism for yeah. sure. Yeah. Faux combat. It's very athletic. Uh, po- yeah, post wrestling with John Pollock and Wei Ting. Uh, Virtual Pros is a pretty good show. And what else have I for comics? Uh, honestly, for comics, I think I only listened to like one. Wait, what? And comic books are burning in hell when, when they come out once a year. And that, that's yeah. from the Travis Bickle people. And mm-hmm. uh, I uh, listened to one, uh, role-playing podcast oh you but for nerd yeah that's about it they and that those episodes are far and few between everything else is kind of like youtube shit and lately i because i'm working at the store right now it's a lot of magic videos i i, I stay abreast of that magic the gathering game why because there's so much content there's like there's always stuff coming out and so it's they're easy to watch and uh i don't know I watch I watch movies and then uh, actual film podcasts though. Mm. Seems like the ones I've listened to have always like fallen apart. Unlike ours, yeah. unlike ours, going strong. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like I said too. I I try not to. Uh, I stopped listening to junk food dinner because there was one guy that annoyed me. But also, it's like I said. I I found I was like saying some of the the things they said not intentionally but i was like "Ooh, i don't want to pull a shy of here i was like i better just break this off completely so i don't uh, unintentionally say anything but you know it's because it's so ins- like what did what did shy of say it was so uh in- not inspiring whatever influential some of that horse shit so i don't listen to movie podcasts for that reason except shockwaves because i disagree with their opinion so much yeah. uh, and i hate them so much that i know i'll <laughs> never say anything I mean, they they would never say that. Uh, as we've mentioned before, they're part of that uh, pat on the back uh, circle where it's like everyone's doing great, everyone's awesome. Mm-hmm. No, we tell it like it is over here, Jarrett. I can't wait. Foreigner till, uh... sucks. Yeah, can't wait till we have them guest on the podcast and I tell them to their face that I don't like them. Yeah. Do you think they don't listen? If they do, email in. I'll have you on the show. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, give us that Blumhouse endorsement. Wow. All that sh- Yeah, because we're, we're all vying for that that horror listenership. Us? Yeah, you can- you, no, you, you, Aren't you, the ghoul schools the least listened to episodes of uh, oh, yeah. our podcast? Yeah, they're, they're our vanity project. Yeah. Well, whatever. We like it. Damn. It got Sam Sanchez here, didn't it? Damn. I don't yeah, know if that's I, true. Yeah. I'd be interested if it, anyone uh, actually found us because of ghoul schools. Why? 
Stop talking. <laughs> okay. Jackson. Okay. Hey, creeps. First and foremost, I wanted to note that last week's episode was excellent. Your episodes Ooh. are always great, most of the time. But the Straw Dogs episode was was deserving of 5.5 stars out of 5 on the letterbox chart. Wow. Most of the This time. week, there are a few films that I was wondering about your opinions on. Mm. To Jarrett, I was wondering about Julian Donkey Boy. I seem to be the odd one out in preferring this over Gummo and vaguely remember you saying you didn't quite care for it, but would like to appear more. And The Killing of America. It's on your favorite documentaries list, and I'm curious on what you love about it. Mm. Um, I'll get to RJ's part after. So Julian Donkey Boy, sure. I've only seen once. And I just like, it never like hit me the way that Gummo has. Whereas like, I would like, I'd watch Gummo over and over again and over again, RJ. Uh, oh, whereas yeah. Julian Donkey Boy, I, I remember like going into it being like, oh yeah, it's more of that, uh, that sweet Harmony Corinne with Werner Herzog. And then I watched it and I was kind of like, Oh, but that was a long time ago. In my opinion, on it might be totally different watching it now. And I've mm-hmm. I've got I've got that bad boy on DVD. I've I, I could do it any time. It's just it's just not been a priority. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any. Like, I, I I love Gummo, and so I don't really have the strong memory of Julian Donkey. But perhaps I should rewatch it. Uh, and Killing of America. So my history with this was uh finding out about it from Cinema Sewer, uh, Robin Bougie's uh, comics uh, movie zine thing. And uh, mm-hmm. he had this whole write-up about The Killing of America because in the con- it's uh, co-written by Leonard Schrader, Paul Schrader's brother. Uh, you. And it was just from kind Mad of this- About You? <laughs> yeah. One, okay. And then director of Taxi Driver, a writer of Taxi Driver and Mad About You. Yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah. So uh, Killing of America, it's this really... Uh, it's like what do you call Mondo documentary style, uh, talking about just violence in in America and sure. gun violence. And uh, it was kind of like the first documentary I'd seen where it wasn't even attempting to really be fair and balanced. It was just trying to be kind of sensational. And I kind of loved it about it. And I love the idea of it. I think I love the idea of the documentary more than perhaps even the documentary. It's been a while since I've seen that too. I've got the Blu-ray of it that came out. Um, Again, yeah, these are all things like I, w- I was watching like more actively like 10 years ago. So they're faint memories. And so for me, it's more about like making sure people watch Killing of America when they look at my favorite documentaries list rather than being like, this is one of my favorite documentaries. Because it's kind of tough to come up with like 20 legitimate, like amazing documentaries because they're always like it's subjective. I guess, mm-hmm. about how much, how much interested you're going to be in the subject matter. Sometimes people are just like, I really loved this, despite I, I went in not caring about this, and I came out loving this documentary, but I don't know. What anyway, did you do? Uh, about killing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, this question prompted me to look on Wikipedia about the reception to Killing of America, and I saw like some website like all, allcritic.com gave this like a 2.5 saying, in its attempt to like, show or it's, it seems to be more concerned about what is it banning or start or it's more interesting in gun control than it is explaining in any in-depth way uh america's fascination with violence and its history of violence and i'm like it's like how could, you, how could you miss the point so much it's like yeah probably gun control would help stem that a little well, bit a touch i don't know i mean people misinterpret our podcast a lot so this is true you know for RJ, Mishima. Oh. You seem what to about think Mishima? of it, you seem to think of it highly, but that Philip Glasscore sure isn't as good as Koyanos Gwatsi and mm. holds it back for me personally. 
What? This you're, is some uh, heavy hit, heavy hitting shit right oh, here. Oh, Jackson, you are uh, out to lunch, my friend. That 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 sounds that score is amazing. That <laughs> Philip Glass is unbelievable. That movie as a whole is unbelievable. That's uh, d- written directed by Paul Reiser, uh, Mad About You star. Uh, Mishima is awesome. Uh, I don't know. I think the story is great. The filming is great. The format is great, and uh, the soundtrack is great. Yeah, I don't I, know what else to I, say, uh, man. I drove I drove around with that soundtrack playing in my car for like a really long time. That score is yeah. awesome. That's one of the uh, more hotter hot takes we've had in a long time. Is uh, someone uh, not digging Mishima? Or I mean, we'll get there for, in what, for, like two hundred spines, particularly for that score. I mean, my for God, the score, the score yeah. is uh, final and, and a nightmare on Elm Street too. How can you not enjoy that? Uh, I remember that movie being complete shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time since I've watched it. I don't know, Jerry. Is that movie good or is that movie complete shit? Uh, I've never been a big fan of it. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. what you feel. I don't know. I, I don't really like the way that movie plays out, I guess. It just like, it, it, I don't know. It's kind of like, it, so, fe- it feels like an after the thought Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah, well, that's what I think. I like. It's been so long. I think I watched that movie fucking like. Well, okay. I don't know. That's not totally fair because it does. It does have. I believe it's got the pool scene. Yeah, that pool scene. <laughs> the, 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 pool, cool. the pool scene's incredible. Like that's. It's like I, I I rewound that many a time as a young kid, but uh, I, I know like there's like a lot of. I think we've talked about it before too. The. Uh, the, the queer subtext of the film that people focus on a lot. I, mm. I personally don't get it. I, I've, I've, I've given the, all the documentaries I've seen, people just go to it and they they hang so much of it on there and I go, yeah, okay. But so what? <laughs> it's still not like a, so, it's not, I don't know. Yeah. Like that's something with, for me, like I, when I watched it, I was like, I think this movie fucking sucks. I had no idea there was this queer subtext to it at all. And everyone was like, it seems like people who are champions of this movie like cling on to that, and then people who dislike it, people are like, "Oh, well, you just don't like all those uh, those queer undertones." And it's like, I, I didn't even realize that was a thing there. I was like, I just thought it was a bad fucking movie. I watched it in 2014, so that's five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just thought it stunk. Yeah. Maybe I'll rewatch it one day. Maybe I won't. What do you <laughs> think, Jarrett? Well, this well, is from the guy who brought us uh, Wishmaster. Whoa. And the hidden. Oh, Jack Shotter. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's. Those are. Those are uh, two you know what movies. though? If you look over, it's like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that guy's direction. The way he well, makes I, his movies. Like, I, I've, I've so I'm not even a big. Of, see, I'm not even a big fan of the hidden. And I know other people are. So. The hidden's cool. I like the hidden, but yeah, I don't know. Nightmare on Elm Street Two is a. It's a rough cabbage, as Jarrett would say. Rough cabbage, as I as, as I would say. Well, you were talking about cabbage at great lengths earlier. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Keep right. up the great work, creeps. Jackson. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for the email. I'm glad that he likes our podcast most of the time. Most of the time. Well, I, yeah. I, I did see his review of Straw Dogs, and I, th- I think we agree. So <laughs> maybe there's a, a bias. There's an agenda there? <laughs> Is that maybe. what you're saying, Jerry? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Justin Peterson. Mm-hmm. Hey there, Jarrett and RJ. Oh, I thought he was just going to say Jarrett. I was going to say, what did I do? Recently, I heard the back catalog episode where you guys recorded on Valentine's Day, which goes to show that either your laters are super cool or you don't mind being put in the 
doghouse for the sake of the podcast. But hopefully, with you now being married, oh. Ooh, how did he know? You will not have to make any changes to Jarrett's tight podcasting schedule. Is that true, RJ? Uh, well, I mean, I think the marriage is the least of our worries. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's if work gets in the way, which mm-hmm. is possible. We'll see. We'll see. In two weeks, I'll, I'll know what's going on. Oh, this begs the question. If your ladies would ever make an appearance on the podcast uh, to Fuck roast no. you guys and talk about movies, that would be an awesome Patreon goal that I would definitely chip in for. Does anyone from the Criterion Creeps Nation second this request? Like, you know, I've always had this idea that like at one point – uh, Chanel and Andrea could just record an episode and it would be the shortest episode that we have. And it would be that, that would be the Canon episode. Uh, Andrea would do it. Uh, I mean, and especially, especially if it was just a shit on us, she would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah. She's got a lot of problems with you, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of problems. A lot of problems. And you're going to sit here and listen to them. Goat Buddy. of the week. Oh, yes. I have Enjoyed hearing in the back catalog how Jared pushed himself to watch every Best Picture winner. I think mm. I recall having your overall greatest of all time Best Picture winner is Unforgiven. So could you confirm that and also give us your greatest of all time Best Picture snub? Off the top of my head, I would say Dark Amadeus Knight. would be my overall pick. And 2001 A Space Odyssey would be the biggest snub. Um, oh, Unforgiven's the up there. Silence of the Lambs. There's a, those are both... Pretty awesome. Top quality. Top quality. Let's take a look here. <laughs> well, you should have had this ready, Jared. I would I say know. the biggest snub ever while I'm pulling up these other movies is The Dark Knight. It should not have only been nominated, but it should have won. <laughs> not Jai Ho. Not the Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, boy. That movie stinks. Oh, yeah. Of course. Stinks, Jared. Wow. What? What? Of course, what do you of do? You course, like Slumdog Millionaire? No, no. The movie is like. Well, yeah, exactly. That movie is uh, real maverage. Yeah, exactly. Do you not think it was, that it was fine? I don't hate it, but I, I never thought. You know what? Dark Knight should have won Best Picture because <laughs> like I don't know. It should have. It's fine. It's fine that Dark Knight is. It's. It, I mean, at this point, if that movie came out now, it would probably have its best chance ever. But um, no. What about uh, The Shape of Water? Ugh. So I think Jarrett's picks would be maybe Silence of the Lambs, No Country for Old Men, Unforgiven. I know he's a big fan of Argo. Could be it could be Argo. <laughs> uh, the Argo. Apartment, one best picture. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, one best picture. Yeah. If you, you fucking with it, me? You know, if you ever listen to our podcast, RJ, you would actually know a thing or two about movies. I don't listen when you talk. I, I'm aware. Did you just say? I'm aware. Okay. So what, what, what do we got here? I'm, I'm just looking at the highest average rated movies for on Letterboxd's Oscar Best Picture winners. Godfather. Yeah. Godfather's pretty amazing. Lord of the Rings 3. Not so much. Um, <laughs> but it's for, that was for the first. Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Mm, no Country for Old Men. Pretty good. Pretty I'm looking good. at popularity. But so, but, so, but, uh, there, but, there will be, but there will be, but there will be blood. Yeah, popularity is not a not the route you go. You go ratings. Yeah. Uh, Unforgiven. Yeah, it's one of the better. It's one of the stronger. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. What about Crash? Nope. <laughs> what, what, what about Crash? I mean, see, I mean, I love Midnight Cowboy. It wouldn't be on there. Oh, man. What about Rain Man? 
No. <laughs> what no. about Slumdog Millionaire? How about Broadway Melody? Who? Broadway Melody. Who? Yep. Uh, what about yeah, the yeah, Hurt and, and Amadeus? I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching that. I'm, I want a Blu-ray of that, though. That movie's pretty dope. And yeah, uh, I think the biggest snub, Goodfellas. Hmm. What won the year Goodfellas should have won? Dances with Wolves, which isn't even that bad of a movie, but man, who who watches Dances with Wolves except for guys who would watch westerns like me? Well, things like Dances with Wolves or Legends of the Fall. Like, who who's who are these movies for, Jarrett? Weirdos. 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 Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner directed Dances with Wolves? Yeah. Crazy. Uh, finally. I must admit that I have cut back on my Creeps Back catalog progress because Uh-oh. I have been listening to Dan Brown's most recent book, Origins. I really enjoy mm. his fast-paced writing style packed with historical factoids, and I have read or listened to all his work. Have you guys ever read any of his stuff or watched those Tom Hanks, Robert Langdon movies? See, this is where I shine, Jarrett. We're getting into book talk here. I really enjoyed The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, but something was just off about the adaptation of Inferno to the point that it likely sunk the film franchise. Also, can you remember how spun up some religious groups got when The Da Vinci Code became a bestseller in a blockbuster movie? Thanks, oh, yeah. creeps, and have a great show. Um, oh, I remember. I have never read a sentence of Dan Brown. I and? know like I know nothing about have Dan Brown. Have you watched the movies? I have not because... Everything about it points to all signs saying Jared would not. This is not for Jared. So I hand this over to you, RJ. Okay, this is where this is where I come in, baby. I know about Catholic religion. Therefore, I know about. Are, are, Dan you, Brown. are, are you the Pope? I might be the Pope. Um, yeah, I remember people were in a huge huff when that Da Vinci Code came out because everyone's like, it proves the bible wrong remember it's it's like oh my god was that the one that's got the hateful depictions of albinos yes yes (laughs) silas uh that is uh what's his face um you know him as vision paul bettany oh shit he's the he's the oh my god he's the albino he's the albino he's he's not just an imaginary friend in a beautiful mind no no oh geez spoilers dude (gasps) oh I spoiled Speaking that for someone best, in high school. Best picture winners. When we were going to watch that in a physics class, I was like, isn't that guy made up? And then the entire, or like half the people in the class were like, boo. And I was like, go watch a fucking movie. What, did they boo because they knew and they thought someone else was they being didn't spoiled know. on it? No, they, it was because they didn't know. And I was just like, well, when did Beautiful Mind come? It was probably like two years old, that movie at the time. Oh, man. But I was like, shut up. I was like, no, I don't care. I wasn't mean, actually, but they they did boo me. Anyways, what were you talking about? Dan Brown. Uh, I've read both of those books, Jared. Mm-hmm. I think Da Vinci Code uh, is a relic of time. I think that movie was popular. Movie and book were popular when they came out. I think if you revisited either of those, they would not be very good. Uh, however, I got to say, I think Angels and Demons is some of the best shit. I love that thing. Oh. I, I thought that book was so good. What? Did I skip out? No. Okay. Yeah. Angels and Demons is awesome. That book was fucking wicked. I think the movie is real good. I don't care what anybody fucking says. I will always champion that movie. I think, uh, or that story. Angels and Demons is awesome, Jared. Do you know what that movie is about? Or that story, I guess? Nope. Okay. So the Pope dies. And then you know how when they have to vote for the new Pope, they get locked in. What happens is the Pope dies, and then the four people who are like... You're the Pope, uh, though. Well, I was. 
until this thing. The four people are like four deacons or whatever they are that are like uh, the the runner or like the the favorites. They all get kidnapped and then they start showing up dead. It's good stuff, man. Angels and Demons is cool. I have not seen Inferno, but uh, yeah, I heard it was not good. Hmm. So speaking though, I mean, I, I can get down on this audiobook and I audiobook quite a bit here and there. Hmm. That's why I don't listen to podcasts that much. You ever read any Umberto Echo? No. Okay. Should I? I don't know. He he uh he has this book called Name of the Rose that I think uh is owed a lot or um this Dan Brown guy owes a lot to him, but does does it have Illuminati brands in it? People yeah. get branded in uh, Angels and Demons. <laughs> I don't know if it's got that so much, but uh it, it also has a movie with Sean Connery. Which one? Name of the Rose. <laughs> well, is that good? I don't know. D- Neil Stevenson. You read those? Like Cryptonomicon. What the hell that's called? Giant door stops of books. Dance, Not really. Dan, Dan Stevenson. Something like that. Anyway. Not really. These dudes who write paperback novels. Paperback <laughs> princess. Am I right? Who do they think they are? Stephen King? Frank Herbert? <laughs> they wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. You don't have to listen to our old episodes. They're not going anywhere. They they only get better with age, as some would say. Doubtful, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Hey, RJ. Yes? When not getting married, what yes. have you been creeping on this week? A little bit. I watched some stuff for you. I knew you was, was going to want to watch the stuff. That's it for emails. Like, eh? Yeah, that's it. We just had three? Yeah. Shit. Uh, hey, Jared, you ever heard of Legends of the Fall? By I... hit director Edward Zwick. Yeah I've, yeah, I've heard of it. I saw that you watched this. And director went, of Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. The, the worst What did you What did you do Jack when Reacher you saw films? that I watched this? I just went, is he drunk in a hotel room? I was at a hotel, and it was on TV, so I watched it. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it before. Yeah. Director of The Last Samurai. Yeah. Director of Blood Diamond. Yeah. Director of Pawn Sacrifice, that chess movie, Legends of the Fall. Uh, I haven't seen this movie since I was like maybe 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a uh, movie that my grandparents had in hot rotation. I wonder if this is on my grandparents' list. It's not. I'm going to add it. I'm going to add it right now. Oh, this is some real behind-the-scenes uh chatter a little action how the sausage is made so jared did you know that legends of the fall was filmed in our very province i i, I remember the, the talk at the time and people were like wow if you you could see brad pitt and now people are like you could go see the ecto one yeah dan Aykroyd has been all over our town apparently shit i was gonna invite him to the wedding but i didn't think he would come you could talk about aliens that's i was gonna say i was gonna, i'm gonna be like dude bring your uh your dark ill-lit chair and your cigarettes i'll sit up with i would have sat up with him for two days talking about aliens i would have loved it maybe i still will some our fans should tweet him out and be like hey do you know this guy in the city that you're at right now loves aliens maybe you should go hang out with him <laughs> i would be into it hey you ever seen legends of the fall Jarrett? uh nope <laughs> i have not What's actually it? oh really yeah really well yes. it takes place in montana and uh, it is about a ranching family uh, with the patriarch 
Anthony Hopkins <gasps> with an accent that like is Odin? kind of yeah actually uh, he's doing his Anthony Hopkins thing he's wearing a lot of like bear fur coats he's looking good uh, and then you have three brothers you have Elliot from E.T. you know him Jared mm-hmm. from that hit show The Haunting of Hill House he's the youngest brother you have some other guy who nobody cares about. And uh, then you have Brad Pitt. I think he's the middle child. Uh, so the other two brothers are like total squares. But Brad Pitt, man, he's edgy. He is hot stuff here. Does, does he cut himself? Uh, a bear cuts him. Oh. Uh, so he fights a bear when he's a little kid and he uh, wins. Uh, well, he doesn't win. He cuts the bear's claw off and then the bear runs away. Uh, to which the First Nations indigenous folk that are employed at the ranch uh, deem upon him very uh, spiritual significance. Uh, and they see him as something of a hero, I guess you could say. Wow. Uh, so they all live on the ranch. Uh, the other sons move away and then they come back. Brad Pitt's like tame and wild horses, just looking suave and debonair and rugged and super sexy. Uh, one of the brothers brings back home a girl that he's going to marry. Uh, and then all the brothers decide to go fight in world war one, the great war, Jarrett. And Anthony Hopkins is like, don't go. That's dumb. Stay here. Why would you leave? But they go anyways. One of the sons dies they bring him back. Well, they sent his heart back. Brad Pitt cuts his heart out. And then with uh, the with the tone of beating drums in the background, draws lines on his face with his brother's heart blood. Do you know <laughs> what I mean, Jarrett? I've been there. You've been there? I know. So then they come back. There's trouble on the farm uh, or the ranch. And, uh, you know, one of them gets mixed into Prohibition. Things happen. So Legends of the Fall, Jarrett, was uh, nominated for some awards. Uh, It won, I think it maybe won Best Cinematography, I think I saw, which is like kind of goofy that that, that's the thing that happened. Um, This movie has horrendous dialogue. Like it's not, it's not like melodrama. I see a lot of people in Letterboxd Letterbox, we're calling it like melodramatic. I don't really think it falls in there, but it's just real bad stuff. Like when the brother dies, Brad Pitt's like, no, God, damn you, God. No. Like, like a real Homer Simpson there. Yeah, like extremely. <laughs> so I don't know. This movie's got pretty bad dialogue, Jared. But other than that, I mean, if you're sitting in a hotel room at midnight and you got nothing to watch, it's a pretty mm-hmm. good show. Are you going to watch Legends of the Fall? I'm going to keep not keep on not watching that movie. Why not? Zero interest. Okay. It's fine, yep. I guess. It is fine. Hey, Jerry, you ever heard of uh, those Pokachus? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been known to sell some Pokemon to children and men. With the Pokey and the Mon and the Hippin and the Han? Yeah. Pokachu. Uh, so, I, so we rented... On the Cineplex app with my legitimately, legitimately with using my scene points. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, Pokemon Detective uh, Pikachu. Wow. Starring your buddy Ken uh, Watanabe and uh, Bill Nye from uh, Love Actually fame. Wow. Wow. Ryan Reynolds of Deadpool. 
Uh, he's in there. Have you seen those Pikachu Deadpool cartoons? No. My goodness. No. My goodness, Jarrett. Uh, so we watched this. Uh, I think I talked a bit about Pokemon in my life on this podcast. I was a Pokemon kid. Love that shit. It's a Pokemon movie. But I always said, you can't make a Pokemon movie. Because it's cage, it's basically like dog fighting, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if people want to see that shit. Uh, you'll be happy to know that I think the people who made this movie were probably also like, I don't think people need to see that. But they still included a cage fight, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, this movie is okay, Jarrett. It's okay. It's got like enough charm in there i think for people who either are fans or people who aren't fans uh i think at the end of the day this is just like it's a kid's movie so there's a lot of kid stuff in there which i mean sounds obvious but we're in the age where like 40 year olds are wearing like size two like two times small like pikachu shirts like walking around just spilling ravioli fucking sauce on their exposed guts and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's a kid's movie. Uh, this thing's got a lot of like exposition and like lots of uh, villains monologuing. Sounds it's like, fine. Sounds like a kid's movie. It's a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, I think when the movie has some shining moments, there's some cute stuff. When the Pokemon are actually on screen, I think they all look really cool. Like that. How, uh, how about that Psyduck? Psyduck's pretty awesome. Psyduck's, uh, I think everyone can relate to Psyduck. When he gets stressed out, he explodes. And he's like, yeah, I've been there, man. I've been there. The worst part of the movie is like the people, which I think is obvious. It's the same with Godzilla movies, right? Mm-hmm. All you want to see is Pokemon. Just show us the Pokemon. I think it doesn't like show enough of Pokemon world outside of it. Like uh, the movie starts with them tr- him trying to catch a Pokemon and it doesn't like show the Pokeball stuff enough. That's like all you get. But again, it's like, I see why they don't show that kind of stuff because it's like capturing, like there's a throwaway line where it's like, they have to want to be caught for you to be able to catch them. So it's like, Oh, I see how you skirted around this enslavement type of deal. Uh, And then like the cage fighting stuff, it's also kind of just like, it's like, well, they want to fight. The the people are just guiding them with their uh, strategy. So you, you see how they uh, dance around these things, Jared? Mm-hmm. See how they dance around it? Yeah. Uh, I think like I think it does enough, but it's honestly like I don't think it explores the Pokemon world enough for me. Where in this, it's kind of like just the backdrop, which I think is like what they wanted, right? Where it's like they're not the focus; they're just there. They inhabit the same plane, and our our movie is a story that exists in this world. Uh, I think that's what they were going for. It's very like, um, I don't know, just other movies. But like the plot too, it's like kind of like Zootopia where it's like something's making them crazy. (laughs) And then it like turns out to be like the evil bad guys. This thing also has like the most generic, boring ass fucking bad guy. It's just this like guy with spiky hair with sunglasses who just shows up places. And you're just like, that's the best you could get for this shit. Silly. Sad. Silly Jared. even sad so i don't know uh i think it's got some good stuff there it's got some cute stuff i think all the pokemon look great uh i wish it was different but i mean i'll never get the pokemon movie i want Jarrett. maybe you will maybe i'll make it myself yeah ryan reynolds is fine 
Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You seem to be trying to convince yourself of these things. Yeah, this movie's got some weird shit too. Like they burn a Pokemon alive <laughs> with gasoline, yeah. which is like it's like kind of weird that it's. I I heard about that uh, and I was is like, it oh, mis- is it Mr. Mime or something? Yeah, because it's like pretend. But it's like, but in his world, it's not pretend, right? Like whatever you mime is real to him. So they like pretend to dump gas on him and then they like light it on fire. And then it just like cuts and it goes to the next scene. <laughs> and you're just like, whoa, <laughs> like that's fucking weird. Um, so like there's that. And then there, it's like all the animal stuff. Like I can get behind the, the message of this movie, Jared, is animal testing is wrong and you shouldn't have animals fight each other. I can get behind all wow, of those are those are real strong stances, strong, strong politics. But it's yeah. like I said, it's it's a movie for kids. So I'm not going to I'm not going to like pick it apart for anything like that. It's it's OK. It's got some weird shit in there. But, uh, you know, it's no Paddington. Oh, no, nothing is uh, on the level of uh, Mr. Paddington bear. If you know what I mean. I know. Do now. you know what I, mean? I hear? Yeah. So that's Pokachu. So, uh, did you watch any movies or? Uh, yeah, I did. None? I did watch some movies, RJ. How many? Mm, a few. Okay. Uh, per listener Rowan's request, <gasps> uh, I rewatched The Day of the Jackal so I could offer a up to date uh, opinion on this movie. That at one point in my life, I heralded as like one of my my fave movies i love this movie sure. it's uh 19 god damn i'm gonna be playing out 1973 1974 75 political thriller uh it was like one of the first of the, the first type of those movies i had seen uh it felt like so different from anything i was watching up to that point it is watching it now it feels very workmanlike which kind of makes sense because the movie is kind of uh breaking down how workmanlike this fictional account of an assassination attempt on the Mm -hmm. uh, president of France would be, I guess. It's just like, yeah, this guy's a professional killer, this Edward Fox and, uh, or the actor Edward Fox. And he's, uh, the Jackal. He's no Bruce Willis in the Jackal. I mean, who could be, and we don't have a a Richard gear out there to stop it all. Mm -hmm. But this movie kind of sets up that template that something like Munich would follow where it is just kind of a procedural of just laying out events. There's like almost no fluff at all to the movie. Like every scene serves a purpose and just builds mm-hmm. and builds and builds to the next moment. Um, without giving, and it's weird because I, I, in my mind, I always thought of this movie as like kind of being like based on true events. I think when I first watched it, I thought that, not realizing, no, it's totally bullshit. Like it's a fictional story, but it's got so much of that like boring detail in there that it feels like, Oh, they're reporting on all the things that, that were in the case. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously I figured that out afterwards, but then watching it now, I guess I still kind of like slipped and was like, huh. Cause like, cause they've, they based the initial scenes kind of in an actual failed assassination t- attempt where, sure. that, and then they kind of just go from there and then it turns into nonsense, uh, where it's like completely made up, but very believable bullshit. Because there's like Kinda the one like guy. This podcast. Yeah. So you, you know that Carlos the Jackal? Sure. I don't know any of this stuff, but talk you, like you, I so do. You know, there's, you know, there's the movie Carlos, uh, sure. Future Creep. Uh, he had a copy of the book Day of the Jackal, and he was Carlos the Jackal. And so maybe he was looking to this, uh, this, 
story as like, yeah, I want to be a, an elite international assassin, which like is the basis of how much stuff now? Like, it seems like it's, 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 it's so played out. It feels like in some uh, stuff in manga and anime uh. movie. Like John Wick isn't John Wick essentially just everybody's Day of the Jackal now? Everyone's this guy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't know. So, so you liked it? Yeah, I, I still think it's fuck. So. Uh, this was annoying. I got the Blu-ray. I got that Arrow Blu-ray. And uh, I was trying to decide what to watch, this or the movie I watched afterwards. I looked at the back of the boxes and I saw, oh, 107 minutes. That's perfect. I've got two hours to watch a movie and this comes in mm-hmm. just under that. I can have some lunch in between while it's on. Well, I'm watching mm-hmm. this movie and then like I'm watching Keep going. and Keep going. I look at the time and I realize, oh, it's... uh movie still happening and it's oh you hit the time button and it's like two hours and 20 minutes long and so i, I was very impressed with this uh i'm like thanks for misprinting that on the back of your uh, blu-ray don't take print media at all uh, at its word okay i'm sorry i had to go to the bathroom so bad i almost peed my pants <laughs> i i was trying to wait until you were done talking about the jackal but i was like i don't know if you could tell i was kind of like shaking i was like i gotta go you're, right you're always like that though I know, I know. Sorry, it happened. Mm-hmm. Keep talking about David the Jackal. <laughs> All I was saying was the DVD uh, misprinted the, the actual runtime of this movie. It wasn't 107 minutes long. It was two hours and 25 minutes. So that that really mm. uh, just ruined my uh, watching because I had to like go come back to it eight hours later, like during the climax. Yeah. So it was like, oh, but yeah, there's stuff to admire about this movie. It's got a uh, the actual method that the jackal has devised to like mm-hmm. kill the president and stuff like that—it's really cool. It looks—it's a, it's a neat setup, and uh, yeah, I think this movie still holds up. It's maybe not like the all-time vape uh, that uh, my wow. memory had like thought it was, but yeah, that's why you rewatch movies. Sometimes you know when you watch a movie in the first like thousand movies you watch, your opinion of it will change a great deal when you've watched five thousand movies after the fact. A bit, maybe. A little bit, I think. That's like uh. Yeah, I'm sure when I hit like ten thousand, my opinions of movies will change even more. Hey, um, is uh, you know the movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Yeah, that's got a jackal in it too, doesn't it? Does it? I think like isn't yeah. that like their big thing? It's like the jackal. Maybe yeah, you're maybe you might be onto something there. I just looked up Steve Martin, and uh, I was gonna look up Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, but just below Steve Martin, I see there's a director named Steve Martino. Which mm-hmm. I find a little more interesting because he's like Steve Martin, but different. Out. He directed Ice Age 4. Outstanding. Yeah. Okay, so what did you watch after the Jackal? Watch that. that. Other arrow uh, video I, I, thing? Uh, I watched a f- film from all of films. Uh, this is a movie that I have a weird fondness for because sure. the only way I'd ever been able to watch it up to the, this point was like a really shitty public domain version. And this film stars... Lee Marvin, Richard Burton, and mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson. The juice? Yes, the juice. The in, juice. In this charming little film directed by mm-hmm. Terrence Young, director of James Bond classics like Dr. No. This film, RJ, is called The Klansman. Uh, in what sense? This movie is about the Klan and the fight against the Klan in the South. Uh... <laughs> This movie, I, I was drawn to because I'm like, I'm, I was a Lee Marvin fan, 
And uh, this movie, this title, The Klansman, I'm like, what, what is this? There's, there's a whole movie about like people fucking up like the KKK. Sign me up. And uh, yeah, that's what this movie is. And my goodness, RJ, this this movie still to this day is just absolute ridiculousness. And I had only ever seen this in the uh, the cut version. That uh, actually, the thing though is like the thing I cut out is this like really kind of like gross rape scene that uh, mm. really puts a, a Jarrett. Scene? It, it really puts straw dogs to shame as far as like skeeviness. I think. Um. So like. Is this a good show? Klansman? Fuck, yeah. man. So I... What do you mean by it's like, did you say bizarre or wild? Oh, what do you, what do you it's, mean? It's trash. Like, it is, oh. like, absolute, like, it borders on total incompetence, but it is, I find it really entertaining. Uh, the The writing of the movie, the dialogue, the scenes, mm-hmm. the shit that, like, Lee Marvin has to say. So he's, Lee Marvin's the sheriff of this town. The movie opens up with like him driving around the small little town as like the yeah. Klansman comes roaring across the screen. <laughs> he rolls up, kind of going to up a, a mountain trail, and he comes across this circle of white men who have uh, paid a black man five dollars to rape a black woman for their entertainment. And he just kind of honks mm. his car horn. Okay, boys, you've had enough. And they're like, oh, come on, sheriff. And he's like, nah, nah, here you go. You can have keep the $5. Just let the girl go. And they're like, oh, okay. And they all walk off into the woods, as you do. Um, and then uh, the movie just kind of keeps escalating as one uh, white woman with her husband, they're driving her around and their car breaks down and the husband goes out to fix it. And she's raped by a man. And uh, we don't Ugh. know we don't know the identity of this man, but of course, what does the small town conclude? <laughs> Which well, what do they think? Do they think it was the uh, a, the businessman? A black man did it, and uh, oh, and like, so this, they wrote their screenplay based on Duncan ideology. And so this movie, it doesn't pull, <laughs> it doesn't pull any punches, and it's like, oh yeah, no, the mayor, the deputy. They're all like full on Klansmen and they have meetings when like they're just talking about like uh, the mayor who is like who declares, well, I mean, I'm they don't call me the Grand Dragon for nothing. (laughs) That type of stuff. Like it's just absurd that they thought at one point uh, Samuel Fuller was supposed to direct this. Uh, He pulled out, which is uh, perhaps too bad for him. (laughs) But fuck Uh, the, the big thing of note, though, here is Richard Burton's performance. So Richard Burton, he's an Englishman. Here he's playing a Southern gentleman. And so he's talking like this. But you kind of start picking up on the fact that, huh, he doesn't do a whole lot of moving around in this movie. Because apparently, RJ, he was so fucking drunk during the entire (laughs) making of this film that he slurs all his dialogue. And they never got, like, better takes of him. Like, there's just things where you're like, is he doing an accent or is he just slurring? And, like, talking Mm -hmm. comprehensively. And they left that all in. And, I love uh, that. That's awesome. It's, it, yeah, it's something. And uh, <laughs> Lee Marvin, who is like also apparently quite the booze hound. Yeah, so they're like teaming up in this movie, and just like there's scenes of them like you know drinking, having a having a douse, and uh, you know, OG's, or you'd get it if you were an well, alcoholic. Yeah. So one, so uh, one guy, one black man gets accused. They they go to castrate him. They, but, <gasps> but Lee Marvin gets there before they do and upholds that law, but he doesn't want to rock the boat with the. You know, uh, temperamental Klansman. 
So uh, he takes them, but then they settle for another black guy who they do then castrate. OJ Simpson sees this and he's like, Oh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get those racists. So you get to see like this, like faux drama of like, Oh, OJ Simpson's picking off and killing the KKK. Um, and it just kind of goes from there. There's a scene that's kind of uh, incredible where uh, OJ Simpson is in a Ford Bronco, like <gasps> a, 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 a model, whatever. A real one? A real one. Before it looked like it does uh, in 1994. But So is this the inspiration for the Black Klansman? Or... Nope. No, in no way was it the inspiration. But it's pretty close, right? Nope. <laughs> Oh yeah, the movie's awesome. But they like, almost it's, have it's the same awesome title. and terrible too. But uh, I see. I like I like this movie a lot. It's uh, okay. it's it's a true guilty pleasure. I I have like I would have no mm. problem with someone watching this and being what the fuck is this? Because like a lot of people don't care about this. Mm. It seems like a lot of Americans don't care about this. Maybe because they don't realize that to like the rest of the world, the Klansman seems to be like how America is like in this exaggerated form where it's like, mm. isn't it just a bunch of like Southerners with like, like OJ Simpson, and the Klan and Lee Marvin's like a, a, a secret or a former Klansman. Who's like the sheriff and you have drunk Richard Burton laying around trying to make people's lives better. And it's just mm-hmm. all miserable. Everyone's wrong. Oh, I don't know. This, this movie's no straw dogs. I'll tell you that, but it, it sounds it, like it, hanging out with you to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, Which I'm not a fan of either. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a uh, so great, it's a hard recommend. Hard recommend. Nice. Yeah. Nice. A hard R. Well, tell me, uh, <laughs> tell me about the other hard R's you watched. I watched while well, going along with uh, Lee Marvin rewatches. Mm-hmm. I watched Emperor of the North again with with uh, Big Big Lee and Ernest Borgnine. Aaron S. Borgnine. Aaron S. My Borgnine. God. I got to say, before you even start, I think this movie is spectacular. Other than that scene where uh, someone <laughs> uses a live chicken in a fight. To swat a guy. That's fine. Well, is it? Yeah, it's fine. Don't, okay, well, don't, tell me don't, about it. Don't bullshit me. You don't care about birds. Oh, actually, I don't. Well, you I see, don't really. Like, see, birds you, suck. Yeah, there you go. See, you really, I like mammals. You, you can't even keep your uh, ideology straight. I like mammals. You're full of shit. Yeah, well, I mean, b- birds and <laughs> bugs and snakes and shit. Ugh. See, some people eat bugs. Yeah, Do you know so, what that movie is so, from? Uh, Emperor of the North. If, uh, sure. Yeah, tell me about it. So Emperor of the North. This movie is uh-huh. like kind of a movie that's punctuated by uh, Ernest, Ernest Borgnine's amazing facial expressions where mm-hmm. he, he plays unhinged. Uh, it, this involves like him throwing hammers at people's heads. Uh, hitting yeah. them in the head where they then go under trains. Uh, Lee Marvin spearing dudes, uh, people getting steam burns, uh, all sorts of hobo hijinks. Uh, this movie set in the heart of the Great Depression in the Pacific Northwest. So it might be of interest to Jackson. Uh, this, yeah. Is this he movie, from the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. How do you know? Washington State. Is that what it says on his letterbox? Yeah, somewhere. Creep. <laughs> somewhere. Okay. Anywho. Okay, keep going. Scarecrow video. That's how I know. What about Scarecrow video? There's only, there's one. It's a big video store, RJ. What? I've never heard of it. Is this a thing that's popular with people? Look it up. I don't want to. So, Emperor of the North. Sure. Uh, it, there's moments where it drags. It's not a perfect movie. But, uh, I mean, it's a movie with Lee Marvin and Norris Borgnine, and they're fucking, like, set against each other to see who's the 
King of the Road, King of the the Rail Yard, the Bull King versus the, the Bow. I mean, that's the greatest thing I've ever wanted in a movie. In fact, there's a real shortage of hobo cinema. I don't know if mm. you realize this. Uh, a friend of mine and I have often, not for a while, but we've talked about making a hobo epic. But In what way? I don't know. It never came together. Yeah, but I mean, what would you do? Or you don't want to say because Can't. people. Will... I mean, they'll just. I mean, how do I know uh, Kevin yeah. Feige is not listening and he's just going to rip it off for his Thor movie? I mean, he might be. I think that's what Love and Thunder is all about. I think so. About hobo love. Hey, I I kind of agree with you. I mean, hobos are cool. Uh, but what's your favorite Ernest Borgnine movie? Is it oh, Ernest Borgnine rides the bus, or nope. what about McHale's Navy with Tom nope. Arnold and Stein, oh. Dean Stockwell? Nah. Okay, but what about Jesus of Nazareth? No. That nine-hour movie. Marty's pretty good. I've never seen Marty, that's, so I don't that's, care. That's a, that's a really good Best Picture winner. Ernest Borgnine is in Gattaca? <laughs> that's weird. That is weird. What about Small Soldiers? Because he he plays one of the uh, the army elite, as do most of the Wild Bunch, the ones that were alive, at least. Yeah. What yeah. about Basketball. <laughs> Basketball is awesome. That's going to be a Criterion movie one day. Come on. Do you have anything more to say about uh, Emperor of the North? You've, that movie is awesome. That movie, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It, I mean, other than that guy, the movie's like the opening of the movie uh, is a song about how a man is not a train and a train is not a man. It seems a little literal, but uh, it's it's a bit I'm, I'm okay because the difference. Do you know what the difference is, RJ? No. In the mountains. If, if a train gets stuck, there's nothing that the train can do, but a man can pick himself up and keep going. Think about that. Is that real? Do you like metaphors? Do you like illusions? I don't, I don't know what that means. Well, it's pretty pretty. Plain. What is a metaphor? I don't, I don't think it's any of those things. I think it is like exactly literal, as you said. I think it's like, oh, yeah, oh. people aren't, men aren't trains. Aren't they, though? I also watched, RJ, a follow-up yeah. to a documentary from a couple months ago, That Decline sure. of Western Civilization I watched by that Penelope Spiris. Spiris. This was oh, the, the director of Wayne's World? Yes. This was part two, uh, Decline of Western Civilization, The Metal Years, which was uh, in some ways a test run for Wayne's World. So this movie is about the, the hair rock era of mm. popularity, I guess, of that, that, that uh, Guns N' Roses style of rock and roll that I I just want to say folks not a fan not a fan of kiss not a fan of you don't like hair metal no I don't know twisted sister no there's like a song that's fine but you go to those albums and it's just snooze to me what about motorhead that's uh not hair metal yeah but I see Neither that they're kiss, involved in they're this like, thing yeah, they are. Uh, Lemmy is in it. Lemmy's like one of the better parts. He's one of the better interviews. Uh, Ozzy, Ozzy's in here uh, making breakfast. I see there's a guy in here named Jeff Duncan. Is he related to you at all? Uh, I can't remember what band he was in. What about Sean Duncan? Yeah, they're uh, they're they're both in the same band. They're brothers. You think they're from Megadeth? I believe they're in Wasp. Nope, 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 nope. That's not Wasp. What are they? Aerosmith? Odin. They're in Odin. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. No, are Odin. they related to you? No, Odin's bad. Odin's like a real. Odin's stink. not good. So, no, they're uh, well. They didn't last long. What? But so this this documentary, I uh, I don't know. It there's like some it had some like bad reputation now because a lot of scenes are staged. 
Like they were stage four of the camera. They're not very documentary, but whatever. Um, what drives me more nuts is like there's all these scenes where they're interviewing fans and kind of aspiring musicians. And for some reason, and I don't remember this so much from the first movie, there's mm-hmm. this like light bulb that is in the frame to light the scenes. And it is so glaringly bright that it's just distracting. And I'm like, this that was such a bad idea. Like it looks like crap, but I'm sure some people are fine with it. But in this one, oh, like they am- probably thought you real, did too. Real fucking amateur hour, man. But I mean, it was intentional, so nothing's intentional. Yeah. Are so- you gonna watch the Decline Three about uh, punk? <laughs> uh, but it's like, oh, I was it homeless homeless punk or something like that. I saw yeah, that something. Yeah, something along those. Yeah, it's all it's still L.A. Uh, I don't know. I've heard some people say like one review I saw on Letterboxd said it was the best of the three. Um, I mean, mm. I'm not like a huge punk guy, but I definitely am. Uh, I like the punk one quite a bit more compared to hair metal because these guys like they are just every single one of these fucks is like they're just knobs. So Paul Stanley of Kiss, he's interviewed in this, and his entire thing is it's him laying down in a bed, the cameras above him, and he's just like like surrounded by a bevy of women that fawn over him as he's interviewed. And that's like, mm. that's what they go for. And there's this girl that's like right at his shoulder. She just looks like a corpse. Like she's a dead fake woman. That's just lying there. Wow. And Jared. It's like, so like a fuck kiss. Gene Simmons sucks. All that. Enti- oh, the worst. Wow. Band. One of the, did you, did you hear about that Gene Simmons Pokemon that was uh, announced last week? No. Well, it's true. They stink. Wow. Well, I would, I mean, the fans will email in about your opinions, but uh, I would say instead of watching The Decline 3, you should watch a different Penelope Spheris banger like Wayne's World or Black Sheep Mm. or The Little Rascals. Have you seen The Little Rascals, Jared? Not in its entirety. Have you seen Senseless? I was too old for that movie when it came out. Have you seen Senseless with Marlon Wayne's? Nope. You should watch Senseless. Jared, or you know, could we both watch Thunder and Mud? Oh, I also watched uh, another, another music documentary called Until oh. the Light Takes Us. That's on Shutter. Did you get Shutter? This was on YouTube. Oh, it's also on Shutter. Oh, did you get Shutter? Nope. Okay, moving on. It's about was it any good? Black metal? Nah, not really. It, it it's looks black metal. Yeah. Is it Norwegian have to do with the, the, that Norwegian black metal? Do they bring up the ritual by Adam Neville? No. Or the movie this, The this, Ritual? This, this came out way before that book did. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Two thousand eight. I don't know when that book came out. I th- I'll, I'll look into it. You tell me about this documentary. This documentary. Uh, I, after watching the documentary about the metal years and hair metal, and me being like, man, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, you know what? I don't really know much about that black metal. I even got that Lords of Chaos book that then got turned into a movie that's not supposed to be that great. Mm-hmm. But I was just like kind of in the mood to like maybe have a refresher of details. And uh, this seemed to be one of the better regarded ones, but I don't know. I came away with it not knowing too much more about it than I went in knowing. It's like, yeah, they burnt some like really beautiful old churches down. In their rebellion, they burn them down. They burnt, yes, they're really shitty thing to do. Well, and these are like really cool churches, just from like an architectural standpoint. These, yeah, uh, stave churches, they're really neat. Um, but so the whole idea though is they are into the sort of that thing that white supremacists are into in Europe where they're like, yeah, our, our, our Viking, our Viking. 
uh, heritage. Like they're into that mm-hmm. element of their ancestry and how Christianity is the perversion of that and how they the Christians went around burning their pagan stuff. And so now they're going to give them a receipt. And this was like in the early 90s. They're going to, these bands were like kind of playing with this dark imagery and they're like, we're, so they, they started by burning built churches down. Like, I don't, I I don't, yeah, that's what they did. That's what they did. And, um, so like the whole thing, obviously people know the, the whole corpse makeup thing where they're, uh, white makeup, black, black around the eyes, long black hair, and just grumbly, rocky, metally music that your mileage will vary (laughs) how much you care about Mm -hmm. it. For me, it's like the visual stuff is awesome. I, I think it translates so well to, uh, uh, like photography and like album art, their album art. I, every time I see them at, uh, like, a a love and records or like a vinyl store, I see those covers and like, fuck, these are so wicked. I just want that artwork. I, the music's probably terrible and it often is maybe not terrible, not for me, but I, so I love the visual stuff, but yeah, the actual elements of it. And then you find out about how one guy shot himself and one guy took a picture of it. And then that picture wound up being the cover for one of their albums. <laughs> Is that old, good? Good old man. <laughs> Probably not. It's oh. and then they show it. And then, um, then you find out, yeah, other guys killed each act, you know, killed one another and infighting and just, yeah, it's very bizarre. And, uh, it seems like now, like anyone that's into that stuff is so removed from that moment that five-year moment that these guys were indulged in. There's people in jail still. They're serving, I mean, they're probably actually almost out after 21 years. They were making their, like, uh, dungeon synth noodlings and stuff like that from their uh, jail cells. Noodling? Yeah. You, you got to check out some dungeon synth. It's 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 a great thing to play uh, D&D uh, to. I don't think I will. <laughs> if I like that uh, MIDI sound. No. No? You don't like 16-bit anymore? You're over that? 16 bit? Yeah. What did you say? What was the word you said? MIDI. It's like what that. What does that mean? M I D I? You never you don't know this shit? RJ. I don't, know. Where, where I don't you, know words. Where have you been? What do you do? What do you do I, all day? I was walking watching Pokachus, man. Yeah, what do you yeah, want? Apparently. So, yeah, this is not a recommendation unless you are uh-huh. really into the subject matter or like want to know more, but yeah, it's not like this yeah, this will get you turned on to it, which is too bad. Did you ever see that metal documentary? That, that, one? that Canadian sociologist guy made like uh, sociology. Ago. Yeah, I know sociology your favorite is such bullshit. Oh my goodness. It's, it's so, it's, it's such bullshit, Jerry. You know what? You'll, you'll get there one day. Actually, you'll figure it actually, out. you know what? I'm wrong. He wasn't a sociologist. He's an anthropologist. That's fine. Well, so that one's okay. All right. That one's fine. We, yeah. Anthropology so is did fine. You ever, did you ever see metal, a headbanger's journey? Uh, I've heard about it. Did you talk about it on this podcast? I probably brought it up in passing, maybe at some point. Okay. I, I mean, I've heard about it, but I, uh... It's cool. It's, I don't know. I think it's a better introduction to, uh, this genre of music that I try to like. I like jazz. It's, strangely Wait, enough... You don't I'm, like smooth I'm, jazz? No. I'm probably one of those guys, it's like, yeah, jazz, not for me. Metal, not for me. Mm. But there's, outside of, like, tiny little slivers of like the best of the best, but I don't go, I don't, I don't go much deeper beyond that, but Hey, I would love to hear from listeners. What, 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 are, what kind of metal are you into? What type of music are you into? How do you, come, do you how like, come do you, you like want... long walks on the beach? Don't talk about pina coladas, do, do, my do, man. Are you smoker non? Do you, um, 
how come you want to hear the fans' style of or taste in music, but not mine? Here Frequently, you. I'll, I'll tell you whatever you want to hear about me, but you, you usually don't care. I don't know. You, you. I mean, you'll just tell me if you wanted to. I could. No. I know we all know Radiohead. Radiohead. <laughs> I mean, I like Radiohead. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You ever heard about D- um David Bowie? David Bowie. Modest Mouse. Yes. Yeah. I'm aware of these people. Yeah. Are you? I'm. I'm aware that you're aware. Mm. What I else know, did you do? I, I know you saw Iron Maiden. I did. That was cool. That was a fun show. No. That was a fun show. That, that, that's all the movies I'll talk about. I also watched okay. Performance, and that movie is just still as The TV, Future Creed. As, uh, no, not, no, no, no. Wrong. It no, isn't? Incorrect. Not for, for now, it's not. I mean, it's on the Criterion channel right now, and it might come to the collection at one point. But yeah, that movie's tedious. Oh. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to watch it then. Uh, got any news, RJ? I feel like I did, but uh, I don't remember it now. I feel like there's something about dudes that were creepy, and I was gonna be like, "Hey, it's you," and make it like really funny. But okay. uh, yeah, there was actual movie things too. Oh, did you hear that that fucking uh, what was it, Paramount or something, canceled that movie from coming out? Yeah, whatever. I mean, I don't even know. Like, I've still never seen a trailer for it. I was never invested in like the fact Neither that like have I. the fact or was that I. It's just the, the fact. It's, I guess that it's they like did it. the type of people who are really into that, and like the fact that Donald Trump is into this tells me everything about like how I don't uh-huh. give a shit about anything I see. that's in regards to it so yep that happened and it'll okay. come it'll come out eventually i'm sure it will on remember, vod remember the interview i do remember the interview it came out and no one gave a shit yeah because it wasn't good Mm-mm. no it wasn't i mean we watched it it was fine but it's uh it's nothing you'd rewatch. Yeah, it was just a whole bunch of uh dump if you ask me <laughs> really do you have any dump, news, Jarrett? Dump, you say? Well, I'm, dump. Tr- I'm trying to get to my to my feedly and, and take a me, look at my news and see if there's anything of no. Do some filler, but, but apparently that's not happening. No, it's just a white screen. It's. Do you want me to do some filler? Do you want me to read off the titles on my watch list? <sighs> no. I see. Uh, Shutter has a ghoul. Whoa, 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 whoa! What is what is this shit? Method Man to star in Marvel's podcast adaptation on Stitcher Premium. What? <laughs> what is that? I don't even know. They couldn't have got us to do this? Yeah. Yeah, it's right, RJ. They couldn't get two white men to do it. Of what? <sighs> a Stitcher do podcast? podcast? Now they got Method Man on Stitcher because podcast now. When I see podcasts in my feed, which has nothing should ever talk about podcasts in my feed, let me tell you, mm. it's a uh, yeah, sad. Hmm. Hey, you know what's even more important? Oh, I see. What's this? Uh, the Comics Journal has some article. It is time to boycott Marvel because fucking Army Hammer. He, what about he, Army Hammer? Army Hammer. He uh, he he was like, hey. That Ike Perlmuter, who's the like president of Marvel Comics Entertainment, he is a Trump supporter, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've heard all about that, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then now suddenly people are talking about it, and 
uh, a web page that is like a people, a bunch of people who don't like Marvel comics are saying we should boycott, but no like end game. There's no saying we should boycott until this happens. They're just like we should boycott it because you don't need Marvel stuff in your life. So nope. um, that's some real clickbait. Hey, you know what I think that is? Army Hammer's trying to divert heat because he got in a bunch of shit the other day. Didn't you hear? Nope. He let his baby suck on his toes. Oh yeah. And they filmed it, and everyone's like, "Whoa." Why are you letting that little kid suck on your dirty-ass feet? And he hey. was like, well, it's kids will be kids. Hey. Hey, I, I'm like, I'm the big anti-footsman here, and I, I, that, I, whatever. <laughs> babies are. You don't, babies, oh, you don't care about? Babies are gross, so. And feet are gross. It seems like those things. Babies are, are gross. gross. Babies, they are. Wow. Man, babies wow. are nasty. They shit themselves. They piss themselves. They just roll around. Oh, baby. I mean, come on. No one's going to argue me against this one, right? Hey. Hey, you leave a kid alone? You leave a kid alone for like an hour? Can you imagine? Never thought I'd see the day, man. Well, here we are. You would alienate babies. our entire fan base. You know, we, we're all, our only fans, other than maybe Frank Solano, are all married dads. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you and that Frank put, Solano. That put their kids into sleeper holds until they go to sleep so they can watch uh, movies. Duncan style, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well. Well. We got a movie to talk about. Sure do. After the break. More wedding bells. What kind? Prostitute wedding bells. Cheers. Comment s'appelle votre fil Indiscrétion Certitude. 
Je perds la tête, je deviens fou. Je suis capable de n'importe quoi. Le visage d'Agnès est dans ma poitrine comme une blessure. Comment agissez-vous, je vous le demande Vous vous trompez. Vous agissez comme une grue. Il faut que cette fille m'appartienne. Elle vous appartiendra peut-être, mais de quelle manière Nous verrons. Il n'y a pas d'amour, Hélène. Il n'y a que des preuves d'amour. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about La Dame du Bois de Ballon. Can you say that again? Ladies of the Park. Oh, okay. From 1945. Directed by Robert Bresson. The synopsis brought to us from the letterbox. This unique love story based on a novelette by Denis Diderot and mm. with dialogue written by Jean Cocteau follows the maneuverings of a society lady as she connives to initiate a scandalous affair between her aristocratic ex-lover and a prostitute. With his second feature film, director Rob Bresson was already forging his singularly brilliant filmmaking technique as he Mm -hmm. created a moving study of the power of revenge and the strength of true love. Who wrote this, Jarrett? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't really say much about the movie. Why did they say singular? Because that's how you communicate importance. That's not this movie never struck me as a, a singular I don't, yeah, yeah. vision. Singularly. No, his he forged it. Yeah, okay. Anyways, yeah, I, don't, I don't get that. It's ladies of the park. Okay. Hey, hey, look, it's the return of Jacques Cocteau. Last scene in those Orpheus mm. movies, directing mm-hmm. them. This time he's writing the screenplay. You know, we all remember Jacques Cocteau's writing so well. That's his most memorable thing. Well, didn't he write Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, he, he directed that too. And uh, But we, we all talk about the writing in those movies, right? Um, I feel like you saw him in a different sense in this movie. And I'll get there. But uh, yeah, did he write movies? I, he wrote his own, I suppose. This movie is credited to be written by Denny Diderot. Yeah, that's the that's he who wrote the uh, the novelette. The novelette. Yep. <laughs> so this was Robert Bresson's first appearance in this creep. Okay. And this oh. was his second feature film. Do you know about that Robert Bresson, RJ? I know he's got that movie where the cover is uh, a crown. Pickpocket? A man escaped. A man, uh, yeah, a man escaped. What is he? What is this guy making? A rope with his hands in the poster? Uh, he's tying rope because he's going to break out of uh, jail. Well, it looks like a big garlic knot. He's, he's I don't in, know uh, what to tell you. Yeah, he's a POW. Oh, he's going to get a, he's going to get killed by those Germans. Wow. Oh. So and then he made pickpocket. Things of those, know. things of those ilk. We're going to be uh, encountering sure. him in the down the road. Okay. Uh, what did what did Jean Luc Godard have to say about Rob Bresson? Well, I don't care. He once wrote, "He is the French cinema, as Dostoevsky okay. is the Russian novel, and Mozart is German music." Mozart was German. I thought that dude was from Kentucky. <laughs> Got to watch your Amadeus tapes again. I have. I thought that took place in Kentucky. <laughs> Well, 
<laughs> yeah. So I've never seen this uh, movie. This have is... you seen Robert Brosson's other movies? Though? I have. I've seen several of his movies. The and big ones? Quite... Yeah, I've seen his big boys. I, I, I like that uh, Al-Hazar Balthazar, contrary to other people who seem to really dump on his movies. I, I like him. I like his stuff. I like his jam. Uh, mm-hmm. Earlier on, we were talking about that Paul Schrader. We were talking about Paul him Reiser? and uh, old uh, Mishima. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he wrote a book talking about Ozu and Bresson and mm-hmm. uh, Dreyer, Carl yes. Theodore Dreyer, and the transcendental film style. And this movie doesn't really have any of those things going on at all. This is a more of a building block movie for him. And uh, I will say that on a technical level, this movie is pretty impressive for 1945, considering, you know, France is still occupied by the Germans at this moment mm. when this movie would have been coming out. Uh, unless it came out later, maybe I've got that wrong. But either, either it's either a movie made during occupation or during the war still happening, or it's immediately after the post-war. So it kind of goes along with that Beauty and the Beast uh, mm-hmm. thing that you mentioned earlier, where that movie is also like coming out of, uh, you know, war, a devastating war. So and it, sure. it, and you wouldn't think of anything. You don't, it never gets brought up. There's no mention of the war, how it's going. There's nothing like that. It doesn't feel particularly. French or anything like that. Uh, this conversation got brought up before about these types of movies being, uh, any type of movie being made, like uh, Children of Paradise, if you remember that. Marcel. Uh, I remember that that was a movie we watched for the Criterion Creep Initiative. <laughs> I remember that was also uh, Maurice Yankowar's uh, favorite movie, was it not? It, it, correct. And if people don't know who he is, read a book, as Jarrett would say. Damn right. Get, read out, a, get out there. Live a Get little. Out. Yeah, live a little. Read a book. Let's try. It. It's called Reading, Honey. Why don't you try it out sometime? Am I right? That's right. I'm trying my best Jared impression. Yeah. Did it work? No. Okay. You got, you got a lot of work there to do, buddy. Continuing on. Continuing on. So, yeah, uh, this is definitely lesser Bresson, we'll, okay. uh, we'll say. It's very much, he had this project and he made it with as much razzle-dazzle as he was going to be doing. But his interests, when you watch his later movies, are completely in a different place. Okay. Uh, so this movie picks up with uh, Helen, uh, who is Ooh. being told the by her older male friend that her relationship with this Jean guy is a fraud. And she decides to test those waters by saying, you know, I don't think things are going to work out with us. I'm just not feeling it. And then she gets served by getting confirmation that he feels exactly the same way, which really uh, mm. chuffs her. And mm-hmm. uh, we get this really great kind of moment with her coming around the corner, out of a doorway, leaning against the wall with tears in her eyes. And then when uh, this Jean guy exits and opens up the door, the light from the hallway comes onto her face. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see her being crushed, and then you see her begin to plot. And then she explains, uh, exposits even, that she will have her revenge. Uh, yes. She immediately transitions to a um, a cabaret where mm-hmm. we get introduced to, I, I kind of describe as like a fallen stage star, Agnes. It's kind of like the the tale of uh, these, these young women that go to L.A., to Hollywood, to become stars, and it doesn't quite work out that way. And maybe they start shaking their tits on the Sunset Boulevard. They do what, Jared? And on top of just like any uh, young girl okay. that comes out to Los Angeles to make her break, she has her mother who assists her and kind of like, I guess, facilitates her prostitution. The Excuse me? <laughs> what movie were you watching? 
uh, this movie. Well, I, I feel like the mother's like not. She she's doesn't there. like she's, it, she's but like, like she doesn't not, object to she's it. She's not right? a pimp. She's not a man. She kind of cleans she's up. There. She's there. She helps. She kicks out the Johns once they're done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a scene where oh, she's like, man. get out of here, you oh, man. bums. The, all those dudes. Man, that scene's creepy. <laughs> that scene's Ooh, like, yeah. I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, this is Jarrett. Oh, I yeah. get it. So we get this scene with Agnes, who's like doing her big whole dance number. And then we have mm-hmm. Helen, who's like looking at her like like almost like a predator does. Like, yes, you'll do just <laughs> fine. And then we get mm-hmm. um, a scene where she like has all these flowers that she gets from suitors. And she's just like, fuck, every single day I hate plants because you have to keep care of them. It's like, this this is crap. And I'm like, yeah, I hate plants. <laughs> uh, we don't have a plant in the house. You know why? Why? Cats knock them over, man. And poison for kitties sometimes. Most of them are. Most of them are poison, yeah. And uh, or if they're not poison, they'll eat the whole thing and throw up everywhere, and then they just get sick. And you know, I don't want. I don't. I'm not into that. You don't want none of that business. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a scene with Agnes. She's now like dancing with uh, a potential John, basically, who starts like just fucking nibbling at her neck, just kind of uh, having a lick and. Tongue of those uh of the, her shoulders, and she's kind of like, okay. "No, nah, I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm good, dude." And then he uh takes a big drag of his cigarette and just fucking blows it in her face, and he's just like, "How do you like that?" And then she takes his cigarette and puts it out on his face, <laughs> and then he fucking I've slap, been there. And then he slaps her, oh. and uh, then we get this weird like tableau where they freeze. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. so. And then uh Helen, or is it not Helen leaves? The scene kind of transitions from out of that room, and they're just in a frozen spot. And then um, her mother and Helen go like, "Hey, hey, how's it going? I guess things haven't worked out so well for you. I thought you we were supposed to be in the opera. I thought you were supposed to be in the show business, and here we are." She's like, "Yeah, ran out of money, having to start selling furniture, and <laughs> it's not not going too well." And then you hear like these weird sounds in the background. Uh, and it's like all these men kind of banging on a door. And then you're like, you're like, Oh, there's like five dudes in tuxedos who are all banging at the door where, uh, Agnes is like run off to and hid. And you're like, what, what that's, this is weird. And, but there's mm-hmm. like, it's like no biggie. It's no big deal. And then RJ, these ladies, they move to a, a place that's just off the park. And, uh, and then it kind of turns into evil Pygmalion. Uh, that's a pretty good way to put it actually. Yeah. Yeah, evil Pygmalion. No, so it's evil Pygmalion. Instead of like a a weird dude with a young woman, it's kind of this like like fine woman who's like yeah. using this poor woman, this poor wretch. Sounds like a to, Batman uh, villain to, to get back uh, at a, a rich asshole. Sure, he's like not even like he's just a dick. I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. I I have opinions. I'll, I'll wait until okay. you, uh, you you keep going. And I'll then wait. so all that's all the setup, and then the rest of the movie just plays out exactly the way you'd expect Mm -hmm. she she introduces them the whole idea is that he doesn't know that she comes like from squalor from nothing from like Mm -hmm. oh and she's doing these things on the side (laughs) isn't that doing what kind of things sucking dick for money oh my god having i never thought you'd actually having sex with men for money can oh you imagine God. the type of low life you'd have to be? Oh, you're the worst type of human being in the world. That's that's like that's oh, the that's the I, Helen that's the Helen worldview, and so uh, 
yeah, the whole thing is like concealing that and saying, oh, no, you can't tell them until that happens. You got to get married, though, and your life will get better. But it's like it's going along. It's all set up. It's all set up. And there's maybe some like moments where it's like, oh, maybe he's going to find out. But, oh, no, it all goes according to plan. And they get married. And then finally it's like, hey, dude, guess what? You've just debased yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then poor Agnes, she's just like so a faint of heart and that she's this like victim of like all this crap. And then she's like, oh, I might die. I might die now mm-hmm. because of this. But she's resuscitated by true love. <laughs> well, hasn't that ever happened to you? Nope. It hasn't, RJ. It hasn't happened. Well, I feel happened. bad for you, dude. It has not happened I've been brought you. back from the brink many times from yeah. uh, true love's kiss. From guys like Jean? Well, I mean, guys like Jean, but not guys like Jean. Do you know what I mean? I feel yeah. Not guys totally like Jean, like better looking dudes. Yeah. yeah. So I watched this movie through and okay. by the end of it, I was like, I missed something. So I kind of rewatched the first 20 minutes and I went, okay, this is better than I was thinking it was. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's it's very much like a, a piffle. It's just kind of like it's a what, Jared? I've I've I've, I've used this word before, and I believe you said what, what, Jared? And it's a it's a well, pitfall. It's kind of why, like a, why do you keep using it then? <laughs> one day it'll stick with you. It's mm. it's just a movie that's there. It uh it doesn't really leave its mark. I don't think anyone would argue that it's anything more than it is. Again, uh, this kind of fits into those like things where like, yeah, there's some really nice technical filmmaking going on, uh, but the story is very like doesn't do anything special and uh okay. i don't know if there's anything to me there's not much in okay. the telling mm-hmm. that goes beyond what i just kind of laid out and uh, i think the first bit like the first 20 minutes i think are a lot more interesting than the rest because i mean obviously i was able to talk about those in a little bit more depth but uh i don't know that's all i that's my feeling on this what do you think rj piffle noun and exclamation nonsense quote it's absolute piffle to say that violence is okay. Synonyms. Nonsense. Rubbish. Garbage. Clapstrap. Awesome. Balderdash. Blather. Blether. Moonshine. Moonshine. And more. That's how I mean it. Moonshine. So maybe, moonshine. It's, maybe Piffle's harsher than I thought. I thought it was like, you know, it sounds, Piffle sounds light. Did you mean it in the claptrap way and not the, this the garbage clap way? trap. <laughs> Total claptrap. Yeah. I, I picture you saying that more than anything. I mean, it's no summertime, RJ. Few things are summertime. That's a great movie, and uh, one day you'll come around on that. When I have to rewatch movies I don't like, you're gonna have to rewatch Summertime, and maybe it'll warm your cold, dead heart. Maybe. So you want to hear about La Dame de Bou de, Bo- de Boulna? Yeah. I speak perfect French, by the way. Seamless. We live in Canada, and we speak French. La Dame de Bou de Boulna. I had zero expectations, Jarrett. As I think we both did. Uh, this Brisson I, guy. I own this DVD. Why? Because <laughs> it's a Brisson movie. And I was buying up these right. Brissons. But I had, had not watched it because based on the... After realizing, like, oh, this movie's like early of his stuff. And I've heard that it's nothing like his later stuff that I do like. So eh, I'll get around to it. And look, look what happened. I got around to it. Well, I watched it on the Criterion channel channel Jared, which we've mentioned before but i don't know if we've ever mentioned it in the proper where uh watching it on a fire stick is easy breezy beautiful cover girl yeah but uh as soon as i tried to get screen uh screenshots on my uh computer 
it's a fucking nightmare. I swear, I swear I had, um, I went to like the timestamp that I wanted to take the screenshot from and it was loading for, I left it in the background with the sound on. So uh, like while I was working and I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'll hear when it starts 35 minutes in, it was still loading. What? So I was just, and I I'm hardwired into ethernet. What? That sucks. <laughs> well, I don't. Uh, I don't blame a friend of the show, Oliver Granger, for uh, canceling his subscription because uh, I was. If I had to wait thirty minutes of buffering, I'd be like, "Fuck this! What is it? Nineteen ninety-two? Like what? What is this horseshit?" Anyways, just thought I would mention. I watched it on the channel. It was there uh, a rare occurrence. I wish next week's were on uh, the channel, but that's not. Uh, it's too nice for us, I guess. Mm-hmm. I know listen, listener Oliver, he had enough. He, he called uh-huh. it quits over this shit. I wonder if other yes. people are having problems. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's what I, that's why I brought it up is because like on the fire stick, because I know you watch Criterion Channel on fire stick also. I do. I've never had a problem. It's never stalled. Yep, it's uh, never like went blurry or anything like that. Yep. But as soon as I try to go on desktop to get screenshots, it's a complete fucking nightmare. So, I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. Anyways, La Dame, the boot, the Uh I actually kind of like this movie. Uh, I was really surprised by it. Um, so, I think this movie's got a lot going on for it. Uh, number one, 1945. It's pretty old. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, I like this movie, I think, Jared, because it is the exact level of petty that I strive to be in my life mm-hmm. where I find this is like, this is Jerry Seinfeld in a movie where it's the kind of thing where, and I'm saying that out of respect and love because I watched a lot of Seinfeld and I think I'm about as petty as he is. I don't have Seinfeld bucks where I can be that petty, mm. but it's what I would like to be where it's like someone scorns you once and you're like, okay, all right. Okay. And then you just, you set up this elaborate ruse to completely dismantle their life. And I know what you're saying. It's like, well, is it that big of a deal to be married to a prostitute? It's a, not like any a man in the iron mask style revenge. Yes, plot. absolutely. I would love that. That's what I would With like. Starring to Jerry Seinfeld. Kind of, but like, would he be the man in the mask or would he be like Jeremy Irons? Okay. Is Jeremy Irons in that? Uh, some, right. In some version. Yes. Probably. Maybe the one even with Leonardo. Probably. Uh, so I, I really like that. Um, where I think I liked her petty revenge scheme is what I mean. Uh, <laughs> it's like today's standards. It's like, well, the, like the whole climax is that it's like you married a loose woman, you fool, you dumb fool. And it's like today's and standards. everybody, all your rich friends know. I, OK, so I actually thought that was that part was amazing to it where it's just like. It's like, okay, you married this gigantic whore. This trollop. This trollop, this tramp, they call her. <laughs> Jesus. And it's like, okay, okay. And he's and he's like, he's like, okay, well, that sucks. And uh, he's like, I'm going to go back inside. And she's like, oh, you're going inside? No problem. Just so you know, every guy at your wedding has visited her for money, for sex. And then it's it, it just like, oh, like, so I think that kind of just it just layering on all this this revenge and petty 
squabble and stuff. I, I love that. I'm so, just re- you know what I'm realizing? This movie belongs to be on my uh, movies that would have been better if Jess Franco directed them. Probably. But I mean, what movie wouldn't have? Well, there's there's certain there's ones yeah, that yeah. would there's ones that would be improved. So, um, well, I mean, we'll see. that's uh, words. Words are tough. Yes. Uh, anyways, my point, I guess, Jared, is even though by today's standards the revenge plot seems silly because it's like, well, who gives a shit uh, today? Uh, 1945, it's like, fuck, I probably broke that guy's heart. But that guy was a huge piece of shit. And that's another reason why I like this movie, because I felt like he had it coming the whole time. Uh, so I like this movie. I don't love this movie or anything like that. I think it's pretty good. Um, there's a few things. I thought this guy completely deserved it because he is the worst kind of piece of shit. He has this willful ignorance uh, about things where he's just like, he's like, I don't want to know it. I don't want to know it. She even like the girl even tries to tell him. She's like, Hey, I just want you to know I used to be a hooker. And he's like, I don't want to know it. You are this beautiful flower. Nothing could ever change my opinion of you. And she's like, Hey, I'm trying to tell you. And he's like, nothing could ever change it. And then it's like, Hey, that girl used to be a hooker. And then he's like, He's like, I feel so betrayed. And he's like so mad at the consequences. It's like, no, this is your fault, dude. He's like, because he's such a piece of shit. But he's also like that really forceful guy where it's like, don't come around here. And then he like just forces himself into their apartment. And he's like, so this is where she lives, huh? He's like, so this is where she sits, huh? And he's just like smelling the furniture. You're like, ugh. Like, this guy's fucking gross. So... I think that adds to it for me because he's a real seat sniffer every time. Yeah, exactly. Every time he was on screen, I was like, this guy fucking grosses me out so so much. There's him, but then there's like this Helen broad. It's like, she was cool with me, but but, but she was into this guy. She was fine with this guy being weird until suddenly he wasn't into her anymore. And now she's going to use another human being to like fuck. It's like, who's, Who's the real monster, RJ? Not me. I know that much. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know. I know Helen, uh, Helene, whatever. I know you could deem her as the villain of this because I guess she is. But uh, as I said, I'm on board with her revenge scheme. <laughs> I totally embrace it. And I think it's great. I endorse it. I think more people should do elaborate petty schemes to get back at people. So don't ever cross me, Jarrett. Because I know where you live, mm-hmm. and I will do very upsetting things to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, I was on board with this. Is it like the most exciting and entertaining shit in 2019? Probably not. It's like you said, you kind of guess where this is going, and you guess that this guy's going to be a complete fucking creepy piece of shit. And he's like, oh, he's like Cinderella. Oh, her handwriting is so pretty. You're just like, ugh, gross. You kind of guess where it's going to go. It's not the most exciting where it's not like, it sounds like a real, real zing. Pe- he's real Pepe Le Pew. He is. He is really forcing mwah, himself. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Mm. So it's not the most exciting. And by today's standards, it's like, well, I don't know if this is the worst thing to find out that your wife used to be in the sex trade because 
you know, that's just part of life now. So no big deal. Um, but for the time, you know, I, I think this movie's got some qualities, Jared. I think it's got some good qualities. Speaking of Cocteau, Jean Cocteau, mm-hmm. director of one of our favorite movies, Beauty and the Beast, uh, I thought there was one Cocteau moment in this movie. And uh, I don't, I don't like, I, I know he did screenplay, whatever, but I think the mo- uh, the scene where she tries to pin the note to his car and then the note flies off and lands back on her. Oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, that seems like a cock two thing. The magic note. Yeah. The magic note. Cock two. Not Dakota. Not David Dakota. I know how you, people confuse him with Jean Cock two. They're very similar in their filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that was a, a good Jean Cock two moment. So, anyways, Jared, I thought this movie was okay. I'm really on board with the level of pettiness of the people involved in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it great? No. <laughs> but I mean, I don't feel bad watching it. Where if you go to my ranked list and anything under 100, anything on page two of my ranked list, I probably wish I didn't watch. So, <laughs> anyway, I don't feel bad watching this movie. That's a good quality, right? Nice. <laughs> I mean, I know that doesn't sound good, but in terms of what you and me are doing, that's probably like a, a big stamp of approval. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's not bad. It's not bad. Cool. You got anything else to say about this uh, Ladin Dubois? Dubois? Not really. Well, I think I handled it pretty good. Mm-hmm. You want to hear about who, you... who hates the, these this ladies? Movie? I mean, I'm sure some people do. I I don't. Yeah. I mean, lay, yeah. Lay it on me. Well, we got some uh, a return. Really? Shaw Wu Jing. Oh, that's a repeat offender. That person's been on this podcast like four or five times. At least three that I can At think least of. Three. So this is a half star because I think that's all uh, this person does is half stars on Criterions. Uh, I'm seeing this. Okay. You ready? Yeah, buddy? keep going. Okay. Yeah, hit it. Wait. So he says he doesn't like his lover anymore. So she decides to trick him into marrying a prostitute. What the fuck? Too slow, flat, and uninteresting. Doesn't have the elements that made Bresson's later work so great. To be honest, I was so unengaged during the film, I had a hard time paying attention. I have a hard time paying attention to Shaw Wu Jing's ratings in general. As you mentioned. Half stars and five stars, I remember. All they have, not even five stars. They only have three five-star movies. Yeah. Seven Samurai, The Godfather, and Empire Strikes Back. They have 455 half-star reviews. Nice. So that's that's all they do. It's just half-star reviewing movies, which it's a shtick for I sure. Mean, they watch the movie. They do watch it and they rate it. Nice. So they just gave what we're going to be covering in two months, Ali, Fear Eats Soul. They gave that half a star. So they'll probably be on the podcast again in two months. Hooray. Woo. John Castro, one and a half star. Since I started watching through the something list, something that constantly crops up for me is the feeling of, holy shit, I can't imagine someone watching X in the year Y. 
It's baked mm. into the mythos of things like the Wizard of Oz and Breathless. It hits you like a truck when you see something like Bigger Than Life or All Quiet on the Western Front. And when something ends up seeming lame, it's the easiest devil's advocate position to take in something's favor. Forbidden Planet and Land Without Bread directly come to mind for those. This mm. one I can 100% imagine being shown in 1945, but I have no idea what the people walking out would take away from it. If they truly bought into the central romance, really? If they really sympathetically lashed onto Helen's revenge plot, really? I didn't see the <laughs> allegorical connection to Vichy France and still don't really beyond the most service level false promises aspect where it goes from there without becoming incredibly muddy eludes me. Muddy. Yeah, I I don't even... I, I never really encountered anyone mention that one, even in the essay for this movie that I read. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, they don't even mention it. It seems like the person's like, this movie's got some real great craft, the way that they, like, uh, a film critic can spin a bunch of words together to make yeah. it sound, like, greater than Hand it waving. is. But then they go... Uh, that's more of a, a spun. I'm spinning. You're spinning? But, uh, I, I say that. I say hand-waving. Yeah. Oh, like Al Jolson from The Jazz Singer. Uh, sure. So, yeah, this political level of, like, false promises and being like, huh, turns out that deal was a bad one. I tricked you. It's like, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't hold. I don't I don't get that. It's That's not what this movie's about. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that really either. But, I mean, so here's the thing. John Castro isn't the worst dude uh i mean they have some bad takes like they gave knight of the hunter five stars they gave hereditary five stars and solaris five stars so those are some bad takes but they also gave barton fink five stars that's a good take uh half star reviews are strange like mac and me funny people which is actually a very bad movie uh but next week's creep dog star man half a star oh shit i am so excited i'm so excited that is why i can't can't do the who hates for that for that week like (laughs) i i I can't wait we'll get there i I can't wait for desist film (laughs) my uh my point jared is uh this person doesn't have the worst taste but they also gave mother three stars and midsummer four stars which seems like a bad take hey that's out this week for us buddy Midsummer? Yeah. What do you mean? It's hitting the mill. Where are we going to go? I don't know. <sighs> oh, that means he's going by himself. I don't guys. know. Uh, finally, two stars. Macintas. Macintas? Yeah. Okay. In Brisson terms, an irredeemable failure. A complete rebuttal of his ascetic principles. When judged on its own terms, however entirely adequate <laughs> there we go see maybe that's not, that's like when i think of piffle i think of entirely adequate but quite entirely yeah but your piffle was talking about things that were bad works well as a melodrama piffle. due in large part to the cathartic final scene which trans- mm-hmm. transcends the trite drama of the preceding acts there are traces of greatness here so on those grounds alone this deserves at least one viewing. As opposed to what? Not watching like five it. Five viewings? One no, or not seeing it? Zero viewings? Mm-hmm. You you owe this film a viewing, RJ, and you've done it. You, I did it. You punched your card. I told you I liked the one time I watched it. Yeah. I watched this movie one and a quarter times. Good. Good for you. No. We did it together. Together we watched it. Two there, and a half there, times. there are things that like I liked more. 
uh, yeah. watching it immediately after watching it. That's a, sure. That's always a plus. Yeah, I mean, you can't always do it, but sometimes you do, and it works, right? Darn hey, Mazinta is weird. They have zero five-star reviews, but they have 1,000 one-star reviews. Ooh. For only... So they have 2,800 films logged, and then 1,000 of them are one-star reviews. Bad, bad takes, Spider-Verse one-star. And then Mulholland Drive and uh, Fire Walk With Me, three stars. So it's like, you can't really take this person seriously. Yeah. You can't, Jared. I don't take anyone seriously, especially I online. Don't e- I don't even listen to what you say when exactly. we're podcasting. See, now you're, now you're getting it. Uh, I've always had that opinion. There you go. A lot of French people reviewing this movie, hey? I'm looking in the oh, who I, hates. I wonder how they pronounce the title. La de Dobo. I speak very good French. Very good. Very good. Very good. Uh, you got any more thoughts on this here flick? I think it's all right. Yeah, it's fine. I it's, don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. I think it's a the thing is I it's inoffensive. Yeah, it's fine. I like how petty it is. Yeah. Because yeah. fuck them. Man, you, they, if it really wanted to be petty, though, it could have got it could have got pettier. It got worse, but I mean, so when was a was this post code? This is French, so it is not. So sub- it doesn't. It, it is not subject to the code. I don't know those things, so I'll just take your word for it. Yeah, oh, this movie doesn't isn't particularly super sexy, though. I mean, it's got that cabaret dance. There's nothing sexy in this movie. Yeah nothing sexy except that lady wears a really cool hat at one point pretty boss what do you know about cool hats i don't wear hats and that's the coolest hat of them all your head looks weird in hats check and mate Woo! after the break huh i don't know um rj is going to save me through the power of love It's not the first time, but hopefully it's the last. RJ, have you ever had a woman put a cigarette out on your face? Uh, no, but my sister uh, accidentally put a smoke out on Andy one time. Oh, shit. Not like out, did, did but she, like she, and she did, hit. Did, did Andrea in respond light her up? It was actually like a month after we started dating, so Andrea was trying to be nice still, and she's just like, oh. <laughs> she's like, Well, she's just like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> and uh, my sister's like, whoops, Sorry. Is she a Muppet? (laughs) Well, I mean, at the time, we drank a lot of alcohol. At the time, eh? (laughs) At the time, we don't do it anymore. (laughs) 
You can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com and tell us about the things that your sisters have done Put to your out on. wives. We've got uh, a Facebook gross. page. Wife RJ. You have a wife. Are you mad? We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on uh-huh. Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Sure. We're on Instagram. Hey, do you hear Tumblr got bought by WordPress for like a few million bucks when it was bought by Yahoo for billions of dollars? <laughs> I didn't know. Maybe nope. we could get on Christian Mingle instead. Ooh. What about Farmers Only? Is that a dating site? You tell me. Ooh. Uh, we got... What do we got? We got Patreon, which sounds like it's getting like worse by the day. So that's cool. J-Date? Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, sure. iTunes, Google Play... Oh. Tinder, Grinder, YouTube, RedTube. That one's West Pool. RedTube, Jared. Next week, Spine 184 by Brackage. Ooh. An anthology. You know that stand, Brackage, RJ? I have been made aware of what we're doing over the course I don't of like it. over the course of 243 minutes. You should hopefully emerge with an opinion. I don't want to have an opinion on this thing. It's twenty-five short films. Short, <laughs> a couple. Of, one's one's definitely a feature film at seventy minutes. I'm seventy to, minutes. Yeah, Doug Star Moon, baby, Doug Star Man. How, how much is the total timeage of this thing? If you had just listened to what I said a mere second ago, two hundred and forty-three minutes. Better start watching, buddy. 247 minutes? Are you fucking mental? Three minutes. Are you mental? What? I can't watch that shit. I can barely watch an 80-minute movie. Well, this is like 25 films. Four hours and 4.1 hours. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) I didn't think it was that. I thought it was like two hours, this, all these short films. Ah, uh, good. Good. I can't wait. Fuck <laughs> me. This is the worst week we've ever had. This episode's going to go... I just... People got to listen next week. This is going to be the worst episode we've ever had. <laughs> Unbelievable. Or it's going to be our best. It won't. Get a hot dog because it's going to be a long one. Good night, folks. Hi, RJ. It's Jarrett. Congratulations on your getting married. I hope you and Andrea are very happy, and I hope you appreciate this little side project I didn't let you in on, where I got in touch with our Creeps listeners who sent in their own thoughts and responses to your getting married this weekend. I hope you enjoy. This is the Criterion Wedding Podcast. I'm Oliver Granger. And I'm Rupert Granger. And we are just a married couple who have no other choice now but to send well wishes to Criterion-themed podcast hosts who get married. This week, a world-famous woman-hater finally finds a woman he can stand enough to marry. In wedding number 69420, RJ and Andrea. But first... Rupert, you're in a happy marriage to a woman hater yourself. What piece of advice can you give? Wait, what? RJ's getting married? Well, 
So there you have it, folks. And next week, we are discussing what happens after marriage, babies, and how the hell would you be able to have one while continuing a grueling podcast schedule. Hello, Jackson here, wishing RJ and Andrea the best. Here's to a lifetime of love and happiness. What up, creeps? This is friend of the show, Ryan, recording a video, a little message here for RJ and Andrea. Hope you guys had the best wedding on the weekend and, you know, all the best in your future. You only deserve the best, the best for the number one undisputed Criterion Pod, the global phenom, and only the best for my best friend. Congrats, you guys. All right, RJ, congrats on tying the knot. Here's a little tribute to you. Beat poetry style, my brother. Just like Mike Myers, your fellow Canuck, from So I'm Marrying Axe Murderer. Here we go. RJ, poor RJ. The Criterion Creeps are your game, and butts and dumps are your thing, RJ. Watching flicks like Salo and Walkabout put you in a crux, but don't fret because this poem really sucks, RJ. Burger King and Arby's can give you gas, which is not as bad as Fellini's pretentious ass, RJ. Jim Carrey is your hero, but I'll give you a pass since all you do is lean on Jared and also talk out of your ass, RJ. But for real, RJ, best wishes to you and your beautiful bride as you start this new journey as man and wife. Speaking from being married 11 years, there are great and hard times ahead, but since your wife lets you spend hours on end chatting with uh, Jared about movies online, uh, I think you have a pretty awesome gal on your hands. Congrats, sir. Hey RJ, it's George here from the Netherlands. Congratulations on your wedding, or as we like to say, gefeliciteerd. I wish you both the best. Hey RJ, buddy. It's Josh Fraser here. I just wanted to say congratulations on the wedding and I wish you and Andrea the best for the future. Cheers. Hey man, I just want to say man, congratulations RJ and Andy for getting married, man. It's so, so radical, bro. You got married. Now you can tell all those old bastards to stop asking you stupid questions, man. (laughs) Congratulations, RJ, on your wedding. It was a welcome surprise to hear that. You're tying the knot. And, uh, you know, I I hope uh, the future goes well. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that Andy is just a little less likely now to, uh, you know, kick you to the curb for all your toilet shenanigans. So, again, congratulations. I'm very, very proud of you, man. Very proud, man.